Hello, person, and welcome to Anthem of Life. I'm your host, Douglas Sarine. This episode was recorded in the back of a Russian tea room. I have somewhat of an open book philosophy to life, which is great for engaging folks in conversation, but wretched when I desire to obfuscate the truth, say, in a game of cards. So I was thrilled when a real-life medium, a, a channeler of spirits, helped me to have a wonderful conversation with gambler Reginald Colton Della Bar. Enjoy. This is a beautiful little room here. I really enjoy it. Thank you very much. I, uh, my mother, she used to uh, work in this, uh, it is a family business, you know, hand down from one person to the next person. The channeling, which I'll do for you in a moment, very traditional channel. It starts off with uh, cleansing um, shot of vodka. That gets it going, the juice is flowing, the spirit's ready to come, and then whatever happens, happens. I make no promises. Is this medium business connected to the, the Russian tea room up front at all? No. My uh, brother, he owns the tea room, and he... Uh, the, if, big, the big gentleman that we saw yes, coming in. Yes, Igor, you yeah. saw him. He's yeah. a very big, tough guy. But he handles teacups so gently. That's the crazy part, right? How delicate he can be when he wants to be. But... So often he does not want to be, so do not cross him, okay? Older brothers, am I right? Right, exactly. So many uh, noogies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. In turn for me sweeping and doing some mopping, this sort of thing, he will let me ply the family business here in the back room if I do this other manual labor. Your brother doesn't do the medium work? No. Your mother side maybe does the medium work? No, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. My father was a, was a freedom fighter, and uh, we lost nice. track of him years ago. For Russia or for some other? Uh, it's not clear. Company, company, not country? clear. Oh, not okay. clear. Not clear. And have you ever uh, tried to contact him? Maybe, maybe if he's dead, you could. Uh, ah, dead. that's a good idea. Oddly, uh, this has never occurred to me before. Are you specific about who you contact? Or are you like, okay, I'm going for Abraham Lincoln today? Uh, we begin, and if the person, you come in, you, with a certain uh, person, mm -hmm. then uh, that can be accomplished. But oftentimes, we open the door, and whoever comes in, comes in. You know, I've always wanted uh, to talk to is, is, is Shakespeare. I always thought, like, oh, he, he'd be a good William Shakespeare to be oh. like, all right, did, did you write these things? Did you not write these things? What That would you know? answer a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do? You do? you just say, uh, hey, Shakespeare. I concentrate mm -hmm. on it, and then uh, we see. It is an inexact uh, science, mm -hmm. so we will see what happens. I have no recollection. It is completely private between you and whomever you contact. Oh, so you're not listening in? No, I can't. I wish I could. Oh. I don't even take notes. I don't record it. It's completely private. So if you have a secret family treasure or, hey, I really want to make sure no one finds out 
where this body is buried is very private. Yeah. Well, my plan is to record the whole thing and then put it out publicly for everyone to hear. Up to you. Up to you. And then you could listen back. So this will be a unique experience for Yes. You. This will be great for me. Do I need to take a sip of that vodka? If no, that's like. a, it's a it's a blue vodka. I've never yes. seen blue well, vodka it's before. Well, as we'll do with the, uh, you know, the process of it's uh, near Chernobyl. So it's very rare uh, vintage. Mm-hmm. But the alcohol kills the radiation, hopefully. Okay. Let's see. Do, do I need to drink one of those? Or yes, that's just yes, for you? of course. Oh, yes, okay. we need to get on the same spiritual frequency. Okay. I, I'll take one of these and then uh, do we clink? Oh, yeah. Shakespeare, are you there? Shakespeare, are you there? Shakespeare, are you there? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I, I can hear you, yes. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, I, I've been trying to come through for ages, but this man is uh, very implacable with who he lets through. Well, I'll tell you, he's actually a real nice guy. Uh, his name is Dimitri. Oh. Uh, I just want to tell you some things. We're in the Los Angeles. We're in a tea room. That all sounds very, very nice. And my name is uh, Douglas Sarine. My name Douglas, is Douglas nice Sarine. to meet you. My name yeah. is Reginald Colton Delabar. Reginald Colton Delabar? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't quite place your accent, uh, but it doesn't sound like it's Los Angeles. It is not Los Angeles. Far from it. I'm from a small, small town in Tennessee. Oh, nice. I prefer to keep my exact uh, patronage shrouded in a bit of mystery. Reginald, I want to know everything about you. Yes. Uh, no offense, but I was trying to reach William Shakespeare. Do you know this? Uh, the author, William Shakespeare? I do, I do. He lives down the road from me in the afterlife. Oh, wait, you know William Shakespeare? I do, I do. Nice guy? No, not particularly. You would think with all the love poems and all the classical stories that he has written over time, he is a bit of a bore. It always takes him so long to tell a story because he's trying to fashion it into verse and to rhyme and meter. Just tell the story, Bill. Just tell the story, I often say to him. Mm -hmm. Just get to it, man. Yes, cut to the chase. Now... I assume that you uh, lived in a time after Tennessee existed? I did. Okay, okay. I was born in 1942. It was a time of rebirth in America Mm -hmm. where the darkness had dissipated and the sun of possibility was coming over the horizon. And I was born into this land and this time of, of richness and opportunity. That was William Shakespeare level. Uh, he imagery. wishes it was that level. I could really see that. Just when you described, it, I was like, "Oh boy, that sounds like a good time to live." Even though it, it seems like when I read in his, history books, that was a, a horrifying time to. It was a horrifying time, but it was in the aftermath of the horrors after the winter has bleached clean the land and the sun begins to warm the soil of of the world. Possibility springs like flowers from the dirt itself. Hmm. That is romantic and insightful. I'm nothing if not romantic. Were you a, a writer or a poet in your time? Sadly, no. I was nothing of such a such usefulness to society. I devoted myself to the rather untoward profession of gambling. Gambling? I was a gambler. As a profession? I'd... Yes, sir. It was not easy, and it was not always fun, but it was always satisfying. 
it seems like it's a game. Like it's, mm. oh, we do this for fun. Mm. And then someone decides, oh, no, I'm going to do this for a living. And I, it seems very risky. It is by turns risky and dangerous and unclear. But I will tell you this. I wished for something more. I would see the people riding on private planes and, and people who are, are you well-dressed and drinking champagne at every meal. And I said to myself, I said, Reginald, that is where you belong. Fate has dealt you a bigger hand than this. It was fate itself that conspired with me to become a gambler. I started by leaving home. I moved to the middle of the West where things were still developing. People were still coming into their own. And I began to gamble my way across America, oftentimes with hobos and sometimes with titans of industry. I would ride the rails from east to west and north to south, plying my trade along the way. Successfully, I would ride inside the train. Unsuccessfully, I would ride in a boxcar with the pigs. What did your family think of this? So your family, uh, office workers and factory workers? They or? were. They uh -huh. were factory workers to the last. They did not approve of this way of making one's living. You sound like a bit of a cad. <laughs> the way that you I have talk. been called worse, sir. I have been called worse. Mm -hmm. So were you an honest gambler? Did you play by the rules and no cards up the sleeve? I will tell you this, I played by the rules of the table. Some mm -hmm. tables are fair tables, and some tables require a little extra leverage. How do you know? It is a gambler's instinct, something that is honed over time. When someone is chased from enough rooms, if someone is drawn from enough towns, you realize and begin to sense and develop this, this, this awareness of what type of table you are at. Ooh, I want to know about the gambler's instinct. When you sit down at a table, as a professional gambler, you may sit down at various tables. I've sat down at dinner tables that turned out to be poker tables. I have sat down at tables in restaurants that turned out to be poker tables. And I've sat down, yes, at some professional gambling tables. But in all of these circumstances, I am a professional gambler right. and I approach it as a professional. If I were a professional boxer and I were to apply uh, my pugilistic trade on the street versus someone, would I play as an amateur? No, I'll play as a professional boxer. So you tell people, hey, I'm a professional uh, gambler. Uh, no. And one surveys the terrain as a golfer looking over the greens or perhaps a, a hunter uh, surveying the terrain ahead of him. What mm. prey is strong? What prey is weak? What prey is anxious to engage mono and mono, if you will? And from there, uh, a vibration inside of me as I look at them. Oh, yes, you are worthy adversary. Oh, yes, you shall be easy prey. And as the vibrations grow, I could tell what type of table it was. A table of, of bullies who in turn needed to be bullied back. Perhaps I was not as 100% honest as you would put it. But if they were honest people, if they were ready to play a friendly game of cards, then I would take their money in a friendly way. Do you read their whole body or is it their face? Many people think it is the eyes. Mm -hmm. It is not. Oh, it's it not. is the mouth. The eyes are the window to the soul, they say. But what is the mouth the window the mouth, to? The posture and disposition of the mouth 
tells everything. Are they tight-lipped? They are trying to keep a secret that is mm. bursting to come out. Are they talking too much? They are trying to overlay some sort of secret that they have fear that they have revealed already and are trying to bury under dialogue. Are the lips full and kissing as if to seduce me into making an error? I got to ask then because I'm trying to make my living uh, chit-chatting with people. Mm. What do you read from my mouth? Let me see. My, Let uh, me study your mouth for a moment. Oh, boy. Yes. Now, now mm -hmm. I'm really self-conscious of my mouth and mm -hmm. what it's doing. Yes, you yes. can't stop talking, kind of. I kind of. Yes, I see. Oh, boy. Douglas, you have a very nice mouth. Oh, thank you. You have a mouth which is at once firm and authoritative, yet inviting and comforting. It is a mouth perfect for the trade which you have chosen. It's, it's really weird to hear this. Like It's odd to hear someone talk about my mouth as inviting because uh, I don't know. It, I, I want to be inviting, but it's, it's odd to feel like my mouth is inviting. Well, your mouth is your, is your money, as they say. That is actually a gambling saying. Put your money where your mouth is. As you peacock and, uh, and display your bravado before the game, I say, stop talking. Put your money, sir, where your mouth is. Oh, nice. Now, do you have uh, a whole bunch of those little witticisms and phrases that you really live your life by? I do. I do. The gambler's trade is one of solitary reflection. An aphoristic wisdom comes to me in dribs and drabs from the muses themselves inspiring me throughout my life. In gambling, we have a saying, you're not playing the cards, you're playing the man. The cards have to factor in at some point. Much less than an amateur would think. The amateur thinks that the cards are the game, but the professional knows that the other people at the table are the game. Reginald, what's the most you've ever lost at a hand of poker? One time, I had to run from the room and leave the city, for I had exposed my cards as having too many aces. I had imbibed, perhaps past my limit, and I had too many aces in my hand, and the other members of the table were not happy. And being policemen, they were especially cross. And they pursued me all the way to the limits of the town, until finally I had to abandon my car that I was driving at the moment and run footlong into the woods. Harrowing to say the least, my friend. Harrowing to say the but least. But maybe you learned a lesson about playing shady poker with policemen. I will tell you this, I did not. Oh, you didn't? I did not learn that lesson. There are certain lessons, my friend, which are not worth learning. In fact, learning to not learn that lesson is perhaps the lesson itself. I'll have to unpack that uh, later. What's the most you've ever won on a single hand of poker? A single hand of poker. This is a fantastic question. I will give two answers. Oh, okay. One. A more practical answer, that is, on a single hand of poker, I won $200,000 and a brand new automobile. It was a brand new Buick. Oh, a saber? Yes, yes, oh. it was very nice. He had just bought it. Yes, he was very proud of himself and that car, and so disappointed when I drove away with it. Oh, boy, $200,000. It barely fit in the trunk. Now you said that there's ah, more, yes. uh... more esoteric answer. On a single hand of cards, I also won the love of my wife. Sadly, I lost the hand, but she was so impressed with my demeanor, even losing the hand, that she was drawn to me, and we spent twenty wonderful years together. Oh, nice. before her untimely passing. Oh, that's that's a shame. Mm. Did she she died uh, before you? She did. She did. Sadly, I was left to wander the world once again as a single man. Hmm. 
Have you been able to find your uh, wife in the afterlife? I have. Your I afterwife? Have. Yes, yes, I have. I have. Unfortunately, she is otherwise engaged. My wife was always a monogamous woman, mm-hmm. and uh, once uh, she passed before me, she knew that she had many years in the afterlife before I arrived, sure. if I arrived at all. And uh, she took up with a young man who, uh, honestly, is awkward to say, William Shakespeare. Oh, no. So you live right down the street from your... Yes, it is part of my grudge against Mr. Shakespeare that he mm. was the cad to swoop in on such a lovely and desirable woman as my wife. But I do understand he has at least good taste. And uh, so many sonnets. It, you could see how he could oh, woo. That is how he got her with the sonnets. Mm. And have you uh, found uh, any new companionship in the afterlife? I have. I have. You'd be surprised how many single women die. Well, I would think the majority of single women die because everyone Pretty much everyone dies. Oh, yes. So it seems like there'd be millions upon millions of spirits around. I, I don't know where everybody goes. I, I, is it is it very crowded or is it uh, infinite space? Uh, it is spacious enough to not be crowded, but small enough that you can mix and mingle at your will. This is fascinating. This is uh, just a wild insight to, yeah. the, to the afterlife. Uh, do you know everything? No, no, not at all. Unfortunately, that is reserved for people higher on the chain than I. Oh, so there is a hierarchy. Of oh, yeah, a very definite hierarchy, mm-hmm. for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Your neighborhood and its distance from the central glowing sun of the all-knowing uh, is part of that hierarchy. I live a few blocks away, I'm proud to say, but mm-hmm. there are those who live closer than I, who know more than me. Is there gambling in the afterlife? There is now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they had it before I got there, but I have certainly elevated it. Speaking of which, I just looked you up mm. on the internet. I just looked you up uh, online. What is that? It's an electronic device for searching out information. Sounds like a book, but all right. It is. It's a, it's like a book, and it gave me a picture mm. of you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, first of all, that's a nice mustache beard combination. Thank you very much. I do pride myself on keeping my 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 looks uh, as pleasing to the uh, to the world as possible. You were very handsome. Very There's no handsome. better greeting card than a pleasant face. That's a pretty good saying right there. You know, you don't want to disparage somebody who might have an unfortunate face. Yes, I do not want to disparage them, but it is a truth of the world that they shall have an uphill battle in life. Reginald Douglas start to finish. Yes. Your time on Earth, mm. did you win, lose, or draw? It is, in fact, a valid question we all ask ourselves. Am I winning, am I losing, or am I coming out just even? And the truth is, looking back at the broad banner of my life, I can only consider myself a fantastic winner. I had more adventures. I lost and gained more money than most people will see in their entire lives. I have more stories to tell than most people will ever live or or have an entire family line. I was a winner, my friend. I have won the greatest thing, a fantastic, story-worthy life. Wow. Does it say in there how I met my end? Well, let let me see. It says you passed away uh, on a train. It is true. It doesn't say where the train was headed. It is not important where it was headed, for I did not reach my final destination, but in another way I did. I passed away in my sleep, which as a gambler is the nicest way to go. Oh, that's nice. 
I don't know what's up next for you in the in the afterlife, but I really appreciate you coming through. I'll tell you this, Reginald. Mm. I've had more fun talking to you than mm. I bet I would have had talking to old Bill Shakespeare. I agree, sir. I agree, sir. And what is up next for me, you will not be surprised to know, is a game of cards. Oh, yeah. St. Peter and a couple of the archangels are coming over, and we are betting the highest stakes possible. If I win, then I get to man the pearly gates for 24 hours. You will not be surprised of who I let in. Oh, well, that sounds like really high stakes. Those are those are souls on the The line. highest stakes. The secret of cards is that you are always playing for your soul, my friend. Whether there's money on the table or not, your soul is always on the table. Thank you so much, uh, Reginald Colton Delabar. Reginald, wait, who, uh, uh, who, who is who is this uh, Reginald Colton Delabar you speak of? Uh, the, is that who came through? Yes, yes. Oh, that's not Shakespeare. Damn it, they tried so hard to think of Shakespeare. D- Dimitri, don't feel bad. It was really close to no, Shakespeare. No, I feel stupid now. You're going to broadcast this. Everyone's going to see what I've done mm. or not done. This is, oh, man. Dimitri, I'm telling you, you did great. You got so close. Yes. Oh, you're a very kind man. It's very nice of you to say these things because I try so hard. I think Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh, dang it. I'm Douglas, I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming to the back room of this tea shop. And oh, dang it, I feel so dumb. My brother, he's going to ride me and make fun of me for this for ages. I cannot believe it. Another time. Like, oh, look at Dimitri. He thinks he's a big media. Channel this person or that person. He does not know what he's doing. Sweep up. Mop up, Dimitri. Just do this. Do this. Ah, dang it. I thought this was the time I proved myself. Maybe I'll just tell your brother that I uh, talked to Bill Shakespeare. <sighs> if you could, that would be so great. Yeah, why not? Oh, thank you I'm so much. I'm not going to do anybody. Grab is going on the way out. My tongue is a little bit numb. Mm. Is that the vodka, do you think? Yes, definitely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anthem of Life. Our show is completely improvised and produced by me, Douglas Sarine, along with Mary Pat Farrell and Sarah Atwood Sarine. Our theme song was produced by the wonderful Ben Wise. You can find out all about his music at benwise.bandcamp.com. Additional music provided by Icarus. A special note of gratitude to Paul Valancourt for having some fun with us as The Gambler. Paul is an actor, director, writer, but most of all, an improviser who's been teaching and performing for over 30 years. He's the creator and host of Improv Tips on YouTube and the author of The Triangle of the Scene, a simple, practical, powerful method for approaching improvisation. He's always up to talk about improv or action movies. You can find Paul on Instagram at What's Up with PV and on YouTube at PV Improv. Do yourself a favor and check him out. Inspiration for this episode came from the song The Gambler, written by Don Schlitz and made quite famous by Kenny Rogers. Apart from our show, the song also inspired five, that's right, five, made-for-TV movies. And you can find out more about that ditty in this episode's liner notes, where you can also find a link to enjoy our eclectic Anthem of Life playlist on Spotify. We appreciate anything you do to amplify the anthem. One super helpful way is to take a moment right now to rate and write a glowing review for our show on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Anthem of Life Podcast. Give us a follow and let us know what you love about The Gambler. Until next time, we wish you a life worth singing about. Anthem of Life.